0: the frenzy i'm melissa carter and i'm jen Hobby. the frenzy is here to change the
1: conversation around age so that you can celebrate all your years rather than lie about them we are ready to share an honest and humorous take on what it means to claim your
0: real age while rejoicing in it
1: And in the first grade, when I asked the teacher if I could go to the bathroom, and she said only in an emergency, I thought that meant vomiting, so I peed on myself in my seat just a few (laughs) minutes later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jen Hobby, and I love every vegetable, but I loathe produce stickers. (laughs) Man, those things make me irritated.
1: Even the ones with the little cartoons and the, you know, like. Get
0: off my (laughs) zucchini. (laughs) Friends coming up on today's show. We are so excited. Today's guest is Erin Gray. She is an acclaimed film and TV actor. She's a model, a Tai Chi teacher. She runs a special celebrity agency. And we cannot wait to share this conversation with you.
1: Plus, if you are in a funk, as a lot of us are after this extended stay at home, Jen is ready to give you a pep talk for the week that is actually going to pull you out of it.
0: Melissa, I want to dive into what is going on with you this week. But real quick, can you first share your first <laughs> and favorite rejected name of the Frenzy podcast? Because we've gone through so many. We spent months coming
1: up <laughs> with a name. Yeah, and my did. my fa- I think my favorite that top of mind is Can't We All Just Get a Bong?
0: We tried so hard to come up with some sort of play <laughs> on words for this show. Yes. And we that's a with, good one. It's that's a good one. Good one. Can't but we it, all just get a bong? But it's not, but it's we not what we're talking about. Doing a show about marijuana. I know. So good work. All right. My favorite rejected name of the Frenzy podcast is A Tribe Called Breast.
1: That that was a close. That was close. We just named the show that.
0: I'm pretty sure we own A Tribe Called Breast <laughs> because we were so close. Can you explain why? Well, I loved it at first. And then I always have to marinate on something like 24, 48 hours before I decide. And I thought when I reach out to guests to book them on the show, I felt a little embarrassed by the name. (laughs) Like they wouldn't take us seriously. And we want to have some really impactful conversations. So many (laughs) awesome rejected names, all that and dim sum. We were going to do that. The ones that you, the one you came up with, I loved was the baking blog, Queens of the Scone Age.
1: Queens of the Scone Age.
0: We got to the point where we were cursing foodies <laughs> because we
1: came up with these great podcast names for food shows. Yes. Which when we do not,
0: a live show, we'll have to go do like a true or false game. Like true or false, we almost named the frenzy this. Yes. To see what people think because we the four months of this, just what we gave you. <laughs> you're
1: welcome. And there's so much more. All right, so tell me what's going on with you. How's your week? Good, good. But I will say uh, something I wanted to bring to the table is the fact that one of my high school friends passed away from cancer.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. And
1: I am sorry, too. It's it's one of those things where I cannot take any attention from it because I probably haven't spoken to her since high school. But it was one of those reflective moments when I saw, because we have a private Facebook group for our class, and it was announced on there. What it made me think about is a couple things. One, I had my 30-year high school reunion back in 2018 we had a table set up with little candles for all the classmates that didn't make it to our 30th. Hmm. So we had a running joke. Like, it was a very jovial, I mean, our class went from kindergarten to 12th grade together. You know, like, we all knew each other. We had, you know, just very few schools in town, so everybody knew each other. Our joke was, stay off the table. Stay off the table. We'll see you next reunion. You just got to stay off the table, right? Ah. And two of my classmates at that reunion within a year are now on the table. Mm. It made me realize that even though you don't see these people, you know, except maybe at reunions, maybe you haven't spoken to somebody from high school in 20 years. I know, Jen, you went to a high school that was five people. So. (laughs) graduating class of 19. (laughs) But if you are part of a class like I am, it's a foundation of people in your life that you may never see them, but it's like a house. The foundation is something you never see, but it keeps the house up. Like my classmates are always going to be there. My high school buddies are always going to be there. My parents, you know, I've lost both my parents, like the majority of my foundation, right? When we talk about the frenzy and the women in our group, that is a an increasing part of your life is the death of people you know mm-hmm. so this doesn't get easier death is a part of our life now and How does it make you reflect on your life I'm a Pisces, so I'm always reflecting on my life. You know, Jen's of Pisces too. Yeah. I think one of the criticisms we get is because we're kind of ethereal and always thinking so deep
0: on everything. We have a lot of feelings about everything.
1: We're at an age where so many people get tired, feel tired and want to give up. And my feeling is you get tired because you're not inspired. Mm. And that even rhymed. And I didn't mean to be <laughs> for it too, but God, I'm writing that down. Because think about it. When you are in love for the first time, you have all the energy in the world. You don't have to sleep. You don't have to eat. You don't have to do nothing. You (laughs) you just in love. And I don't care what age you are. You could be 60, 70, 80 years old. I have a friend whose mother is dating. (laughs) How old is she? She's in her 80s. I think she's dating a younger man. I, I think he's in his 60s. And they love watching their mom be all into it, right? You are capable of shedding light and being inspired and being happy and joyful. And I don't need my sleep and I don't need this. I don't need to take my arthritis pills today because I'm feeling good, you know. <laughs> you And so the reflection on me is the fact that I'm sure she fought the good fight. The announcement from her colleagues was shared on our private Facebook page. You could tell that she was just a source of inspiration for people around her. I'm entering into that era of which this is going to be a consistent conversation. Obituaries are going to be a consistent conversation over the next 20 and 30 years of my life. There's no wasted anything in this universe. And I feel like we all have to die. So there's got to be a reason for that. So I'm not going to fight it anymore. I'm not going to I'm going to do the best I can until that time comes, just like Tracy did. And I'm thankful for her for the gift of giving me the reflection that I had this week.
0: Maybe you can share the Frenzy podcast in that group so that that you gave her a tribute on the show so that her friends and family, I mean, know that you gave her a tribute on the show and who knows, maybe she's checking Facebook from heaven. Exactly.
1: But she doesn't have to read the comments and God doesn't allow comments in heaven. Yeah. No,
0: no hurling insults from the sidelines when you're in heaven. Exactly. (laughs) This is what the frenzy is all about. If you're facing these type of changes in life and what comes next, just know that we're going to have real conversations right here and you're not alone. You are here with friends. So we want to say thanks for checking us out. We also want to tell you for our very first subscribers who leave a five-star review, you are entered into... A drawing for an all new Echo Dot fourth generation smart speaker with Alexa. This device is so cool. You can throw it on your kitchen counter, on your bathroom counter, wherever you need to shout Alexa to be your assistant. It will be there for you. You can also tell it to pull up the frenzy and listen to podcasts while you're getting ready in the morning. We want this to be a really fun prize for you. We'll pick a lucky listener coming up on March the 12th. All you have to do is subscribe to the frenzy and then leave us a five star review and you're already entered to win. Is there a topic you'd like to hear
1: us talk about here on The Frenzy? Just email us, melissa at thefrenzy.com or jen at thefrenzy.com. The Frenzy will be back
0: right after this. Cancer sucks. And finding out your friend, your coworker, or your family member has it sucks even more. So of course you ask, what can I do to help? And then flowers are temporary, food doesn't feel like enough. Well, we've got the answer. Kick it Pajamas. Designed by cancer survivors and caretakers, Kick-It Pajamas sells hospital wear and clothing for those undergoing cancer treatment. Kick-It Pajamas and clothes are stylish, comfortable, and functional for care by medical staff. Give the gift of Kick-It Pajamas to stylishly dress your loved one for battle. A portion of proceeds helps kick cancer off the planet. Go to kickitpajamas.com. That's kickitpajamas.com. So you've got to try this new game,
1: You Don't Know My Life, with your friends. Uh, You Don't Know My Life is a game about the quirky little experiences that make us all human. Sure, the details may be different, but we've all had triumphant heartbreaks. We've had pop culture moments that totally changed our lives. Everybody's gone through the Madonna phase, (laughs) Uh, mortifying things that happened to us when we were 13 or maybe in the first grade, like I mentioned before, sometimes in front of the whole school. And we have those stories. That was in front of the whole class that I peed in my seat. So skip past the small talk, truly connect with the people around you and celebrate your own crazy life all while laughing your face off. Grab a pencil, join the party. You've already got the answers. You don't know my life. On sale now at Amazon for $31.99. Perfect for your next Zoom party
0: or family night in. And Jen and I are going to play around later in today's episode. I always get excited about our rounds If you don't know my life, except <laughs> that I'm afraid I'm going to freeze and panic and not yeah. have an answer. I was going to say your excitement turns into trauma. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Melissa and I are so excited to share with you this conversation with Aaron Gray. Aaron is a world-renowned actor in film and television. Melissa loved her most in Buck Rogers and Silver Spoons. And I've had the pleasure of getting to know her
1: through Dragon Con here in Atlanta and spending some time with her. And I'm just beside myself that we get to share her with you. Erin started
0: out as a supermodel, and now she runs a specialized celebrity agency called Heroes for Hire. She also teaches Tai Chi. Out on the West Coast in Los Angeles. So, without further ado, please help us welcome the unstoppable Aaron Gray.
2: Hi, great to be here. Good to see you again, Melissa. Nice to meet you, Jen. So, Aaron,
1: I first fell in love with you in Buck Rogers. I know several friends fell in love with you at Silver Spoons. I, my baby mama fell in love with you during Six Pack with uh, oh. Kenny Rogers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, my question. question. Question to you is, when did you fall in love with yourself in your career? What is the role that made you feel that way about you?
2: I would have to say Silver Spoons was where I felt the most comfortable and where I really felt that I was growing and comfortable with who I was and really enjoying the experience, even though I wouldn't say sitcom is it's not like doing Shakespeare, but I, I really like being part of a family show, and I like the messages we brought to families and to kids who are watching. And first of all, I have to say, being a mom, working on a TV series from 6.30 in the morning till 9.30 at night... I don't know how some other women do it and have babies, but for me working on Buck Rogers, that was the worst. I had no idea what I was really getting myself into in terms of doing a series and what that required. And since you're not number one on the call sheet, so you're the first one in the chair and the last one to leave at night. And it became this horrible tug of war for me because I couldn't see my baby and I didn't know how to speak out to the studios about it and find my voice that way. It wasn't until, I think, Designing Women all got pregnant at the same time when the studio setting went, oh, we need a nursery, we need to be able to let the housekeepers in with the babies or whatever, so the moms could see their babies and have some time with them. Silver Spoons was great because I didn't go to work till noon, so I got to take my kid to school. I got to do grocery shopping or work out at Jane Fonda's, which is usually what I was doing (laughs) in those days. I'm the aerobics queen. And then go to work, And then since Ricky was in school until about two o'clock, Then Joel and I would rehearse our scenes and then I didn't have that many scenes necessarily with Ricky so I'd go home and I'd pick up my kid from school and of course there's no better time for a mom than to get the kid in the car and you got to drive for half an hour because then you hear everything. You don't have to say much, (laughs) just prompt them once in a while and suddenly it all starts. I always found that to be the best part of the day is driving to and from school because you get the scoop then, you know. And I also had a great team around me, Joel Higgins, Jason Bateman was amazing, he was in the first season. Uh, I had a great director. It was just a great place to come to work and explore comedy, which is not something that I was trained at. I always thought of myself as more as a dramatic actress, but I really loved it when they laughed. I was like, wow, I gotta laugh. Okay, great, (laughs) let's do that
0: again. (laughs) And was that the stage of your career too where you felt more confident to ask for the things you needed? I'm imagining in Hollywood, at first when you're starting out, you're just wanting to get the roles and wanting to get cast. You're just glad to be at the party. And then there has to be a stage where all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, I can start asking for things in return. What stage was that for you?
2: Yeah, that took a while. I really wish there had been somebody in my life that could have helped me more. I, I think that's what the job of an agent is, but I never got that sense of support from my various agents throughout my career. A year ago, I did a movie and I, I asked for something. I'm like, and my friend was saying, Aaron, you got to speak up. And I'm like, really should I? And so yeah. I, I come from an era of women who weren't Taught to speak up, basically. And also from a childhood where my parents were were, children are to be seen, not heard kind of environment. So I never really felt the freedom to speak up. It's interesting. I'm writing my memoirs. Yeah, awesome. And, And what I'm coming to realize is. How I came a part of the women's movement without really being a feminist necessarily, but I also realized that I didn't want to be a secretary and I didn't want to be a nurse and I didn't have enough self-esteem to be a teacher. What was I going to do with my life? Well, there was a fierceness in me that well, like, I want to do it my way. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go to college because my mother says that's where you pick, where you get a husband, I'm sorry. That's just not in my way of thinking. And luckily for me, modeling opened the door for me and I didn't go to college and I ended up flying around the world at the age of 17. <laughs> Do you want to think back now, I was like, what was I doing? I wouldn't let my daughter out. Well, actually I did, but anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, going back to finding my voice, I have a dear friend, Dottie Harris. Dear Dottie, Dottie was a model in New York for years. And she always said that her father said one thing you've got to do, learn to speak up. And I went, Ooh, I wish I had had a father that had said mm-hmm. that. The movements of the 60s, the 70s, and 80s. I never realized that women didn't have power. I just assumed it. I don't know how to describe it other than I remember being 19 years old. I was newly married, and my husband was stationed at Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I decided to go to Sears and Roebuck to get a credit card so I could buy myself a pots and pans and an ironing board and whatever I needed. And they told me I couldn't have an account. And I said why? And they said, well, because your husband's not an officer. And I said, "What's that got to do with anything? I said, I probably make more money than the CEO of this company. And you're telling me that I can't get a credit card because my husband's not an officer. He's not getting the credit card. I am. And it was interesting because I didn't realize women didn't have equal rights. Didn't didn't dawn on me. Women are fierce, tough, powerful. And I just assumed everybody knew that. So I literally flew the next day to New York and opened an account at Tiffany's. Nice. <laughs> and bought myself a diamond ring. I'm just went, really? But I learned something. I realized that in New York City, the department stores understood that women had the power of money. Mm-hmm. Not in Fayetteville, but in New York, they realized that they control the money. Anyway, it was an interesting experience. There were times I found that I spoke up when I shouldn't have, but I wish I had spoken up more.
1: Women, I think, a lot of times feel isolated in those situations, right? We sometimes, for whatever reason, feel that we're on an island by ourselves. But as you spoke, I thought, well, I was... Raised with you as a military officer in a show. On Buck Rogers, Jen, because I'm a sci-fi geek and Jen is not, but in Buck Rogers, she was a colonel,
2: right? Was that your... She was a strong woman who was in command. And that was an interesting role for me in that I felt that I went to work and had to put the cloak of strength on. Mm -hmm. And in a way, that role helped me to find that voice in myself because I was also dealing with domestic violence at home. Mm. I'm an interesting combination of a fierce and strong woman. But my girlfriend used to come to my house and say, Erin, I don't know who you are when you're in your own home. You're like this geisha girl. And you're not that fierce person I go hiking with in the morning who like says it all and lays it out and you're, you're abroad, but not at home you're not. What happens? And I found myself in that role of trying to save him, help him. He dealt with a lot of post-traumatic syndrome. He had nightmares every night in the 22 years we were married. And I felt I was a failure, that I didn't know how to help him until finally I, I couldn't do it anymore.
1: And to that point, I, you know, here I am raised to understand that women were powerful based on your role, like you're one of the first <laughs> roles I mean, but I think that your situation, I don't think that's unique to you because I know that in my personal life, I have been the one where in my profession, I'm this fierce, strong willed, right. speak my mind kind of woman. But at home, right. I tend to go to the beta mode. And I think a lot of women go. So it, it's interesting you say that because in our careers, we're finding this voice of confidence or trying to. Right. But it right. seems in our, in our own homes, that is the hardest place to yes. find our voice.
0: How yes. did you find your voice at home and get out of that situation? It
2: took him leaving me five times mm-hmm. in a period of five months. And after a while, I realized that I couldn't function as a human being. I was emotionally unable to get a job. You know, I'd go in on an audition and they say, How are you? I'm going, I'm fine. I'm I'm ready. And I did that. Like, really, they're going to want that emotion on set, it came down to survival. I cannot make the money anymore, I can't work, I can't function, I can't think, I can't do this, rock this back and forth. You can't one minute say you love me and everything's going to be great and the next at midnight tell me that's it, I'm leaving. You know, And then I'd cry all night and then go on on an audition with puppy eyes and try to get through that and try to memorize my lines. It was just horrible. And finally, I just realized, I'm sorry, you walk out the door the fifth time, I can't do this anymore. And that's when I found my voice. And that was really, really hard for me because I'm a very committed person and I believe in commitment and honoring your commitment and I was there for the long haul the idea of getting a divorce my mother had been married five times so the last thing I wanted to do was to repeat her pattern and kind of thing when he finally left I was very blessed that there was a man who'd been waiting for me for nine years, who oh. three weeks after my husband and I split up, he called me up and said, so are you ready now? Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, waste much time. <laughs> no. Well, he waited for nine years. You know. I said lunch. Sure. And I, of course, cried all the way through the lunch. So I don't know what he saw. in me.
1: <laughs> well, the appreciation of had not being able to have you and that was
0: a good bill. Yeah, we've been married
2: for 30 years
0: now. So just that's amazing. Great. Amazing. Well, Aaron, you know, we talk a lot about this on the frenzy about how the things you've survived in your life give you more confidence. Yes. And, you know, we talk about as women get older, how do we use those experiences that we've been through and survived to Make us stronger. I mean, in some ways, experiences like that, that you went through, will break you down. Yeah. Once you're through them,
2: it is part of your strength, right? I I feel very strong and very comfortable with who I am now. And I'm just sorry it took me so long to get here because I certainly feel... The age ism situation that women find themselves in at this age. Let's talk about that. Talk about ageism. Well, you know, the acting roles aren't that plentiful. A lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm now running a company, so I don't really have, it's like wherever you water the garden is where the flowers grow. Well, I'm watering the garden in my company and I'm not really pursuing the acting roles fiercely or as much as maybe I should be. You know, there's a part of me, for example, you notice I'm, I'm gray. I love it. <laughs> I, I have, I, you know, living I have, up to your name. Yeah, shades (laughs) of gray, I love it. I haven't seen a hairdresser in over a year. And there was a part of me that was really struggling as an actress. Do I go gray? Do I allow myself to go gray? I allowed myself to go blonde to help fight the roots. That's the normal process. But finally, the pandemic sort of gave me permission to just let it go, girl you're not going anywhere. You're stuck in your office. So I went gray and you're the first ones to see me gray, by the way, this is my first reveal. Thank Thank you. But the question is, is Will that stop people from hiring me? I mean, I just got an inquiry for a possible job in July and I'm like, oh, do I tell them I'm gray? What do I do? You know, you you, you wonder uh, if it's going to be accepted or not. I must say, I, I love the fact that there are more women in leading roles. Like I love Helen Mirren. This woman can be gray haired, but boy, can she handle an M16 or a rifle or whatever and still be sexy? I love that. I mean we yes. don't have to lose our sexuality when we get older i want to see more of that actually uh, women being sexy that it doesn't just turn off at 50 when you you know go through menopause or something how do you
0: feel in that department in your life do you feel more confident and more sexy
2: now oh yes really uh, sex is a very important part of who i am And it's not just having sex, it's about being sensual. I find everything sexy. You know, I mean, a great brie, (laughs) a wonderful glass of wine. I had a situation the other day, I'll share with you, I was walking, I hike every day, which I have to do for my sanity, have to, that and Tai Chi, definitely. And I'm walking around this bend and I'm hearing this wonderful voice. And this man is singing with every part of his body and spirit. And I come around the corner and I see this gorgeous black guy and he's in this garage, he's doing something. And I went, darling, oh my God. I'm in love. And he said, honey, I'm in love too. I, said, I, I just want to play in your pool. I said, you just singing like you got, oh, and I just found myself dancing. He's like, yeah. And he's dancing with me and we're just having a great time within half, of, like 30 seconds, and a minute or whatever he's proposing. I said, honey, I'm married. I'm sorry. And this <laughs> is the guy who was 30 years younger than I am, but we we felt this kindred spirit and sense of play and sensuality and sexuality. And I wasn't embarrassed or ashamed of it. And he wasn't either. I, I, just, found, I just found out. I was walking by the same house and the woman of the house came out. And I said, who was that guy? She said, who, who are you talking about? I said, well, there was this gorgeous black guy and his name is Dennis. And she said, Dennis? And then she went, oh. You mean the coach? And I went, the coach? And she said, yeah, my husband's coach. He's an NFL football player. And I went, oh, well, okay. (laughs) No one knows how to spot him. I'm sorry. This guy's in his body and he knows how to sing and he's very comfortable with who he is. And it was just a wonderful exchange, but I I didn't feel threatened. He did not feel uncomfortable with me because i was comfortable with who i was so we had a lovely moment does that make sense
1: <laughs> yes well I, and i want to transition to the tai chi because i have had the honor of taking one of your classes but oh,
2: but you. it, amazing but,
1: but it talks about body you mentioned you know this guy was in his body he knew body. how to use his body mm-hmm. It's same with tai chi the the thing uh, i saw a quote that said work out because you love your body not because you hate it
2: oh mm-hmm. absolutely
1: and i thought yeah so many women work out because they hate their body. So talk a little bit about that practice. When did you start and the fact that you teach classes in L.A.?
2: I think I was very blessed as a young girl to have fallen in love with the hula. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the greatest hula dancer in the world when I was seven. That was my goal. And I spent every night practicing my hand gestures for half an hour before I went to bed because I wanted to have the most graceful hands. But there was something about um, doing the hula that woke me up in a way where when I would do the dance, this energy would just fill my body. And I just, my eyes would just brighten up and I'd be in this place and people would say, look at the light coming out of her eyes. I'm going, yeah, don't you feel it? Isn't it great? And then later on, when I was about 12, my mother paid for one session of dances. And again, I went, oh, I love this. This is what I, just so happy when I'm here. And I love the way it makes me feel. So Later on, when I discovered Tai Chi, I went, oh, oh, I see. I'm learning how to connect with my energy, the universal energy, learning to expand that energy. Tai Chi, to me, is the greatest exercise that you can do. Tai Chi and Qigong. Because as we get older, we have various traumas that we have to deal with or illnesses and whatever. I want to know how to heal myself.
0: It seems to me like it lights you up that doing the Tai Chi gives you more
2: confidence. And yes, would you agree? Yes, because it makes you feel centered. It brings you back to that centered place. And when you are centered and you're clear of mind, then you are able to solve problems
1: transitioning to starting a business hire, mm. so that's the way that you and I connected because uh, Dragon Con here in Atlanta is a huge convention every year and I'm a geek and a certified Dragon <laughs> Con attendee for 20 years. You now represent other artists. How did you decide to start that business? And also I've heard that directors who have been actors sometimes are the best directors to work for. Yes. Your empathy, maybe compassion for your clients, you obviously take your experience from your work life and help them along the way. So talk a little bit about that company.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, how did I start my company? Nothing like a divorce and bankruptcy, you know, (laughs) real motivators, (laughs) real motivators made me fierce. And it was really interesting for me because here I was of a certain age and realizing, okay, I didn't finish college. I have no qualifications. I've only been a model and an actress my entire life. Okay. What do I have going for me? Well, I know I'm smart. I do have that sense of confidence there. I remember going to an employment agency and trying to fill out forms and going, this isn't going to work. I'm also a movie star, and they're looking at me like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I need a job. Put me anywhere. I know I can do it. So luckily, I have that sense of confidence, but at the same time, I realized, okay, I don't know how to type yet. I didn't have those qualifications and I didn't know how to convince people to hire me for something. And so I I remember walking out of that going, what am I going to do? And I was told about the convention world by Barbara Luna, who called me up one day, and she said, Aaron, you're going to go here and you're going to go sign autographs and you'll call me back later and, and you'll thank me. And I went, okay. I walked into this convention and there was this line around the building and I went to the convention and I said, wow, this is fascinating. Who, who are they waiting for? And he said, you, uh, really? I spent the whole day listening to women say, you're the reason I became a police officer. You're the reason I went into the air force. And I'm like, Really? I had no concept of how my role had empowered women. I, I remember Gil Gerard calling me up one day and say, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Well, I'm going to Ohio to a Star Trek convention." And he said, "Well, do they want me?" And I went, "Well, if they want me, they're gonna want you." And he said, "Well, I'm not gonna call them. You call them for me." I went, "Sure, glad to." And he said, and I'll pay you 10%." And I went, "10%? No, I'll just call. I'm a friend. <laughs> You're a colleague. I'll just call for them." He said, "No, no, no. I'm gonna make you work for it." Well, he did make me work for it, I have to tell you. (laughs) Uh, But it was a good learning curve. My understanding the actors' needs helped me to open the convention world to promoters who didn't know that they could get certain actors.
1: Well, Aaron, we are going to use you as a guinea pig because we have something called the Frenzy Five. Okay. We're going to end all our interviews with the Frenzy Five. As long as it goes well with you. (laughs) Aaron. Love, I could talk to you all day long, but I know you get these messages. Your phone's ringing. I know as an agent, I mean, people are saying, I need you. I need you. So we we know your time is valuable. Are you ready? Yeah. It's going to be easy. First question. Where is your cozy, happy place?
2: It's sort of my office, but lately, because I've been writing, I've created up in the guest bedroom a cozy, happy place where I can write. It's like my safe haven. This has become too much the command center, so it's not quite as safe, that cozy feeling. My daughter, who's moved out and gotten married, her bedroom is now my cozy place.
1: Fantastic. When your memoir comes out, you got to come back on the show. Uh, What's your favorite framed thing in the house?
2: There's a... uh, I'll show you. Okay. Be great. (laughs) It's not framed. It's that new picture, but it's just the picture that my husband took. When we had my little girl a long time ago, 30 years ago. Oh, so beautiful. That's my favorite. I, I look at that and I just love it.
0: Isn't that awesome? In that moment in time when that picture was snapped, you had no idea how much you'd love it? This- no idea.
2: It's just it's just pure and simple and wonderful.
0: Yeah. Wow. Number three, what is your most memorable birthday?
2: Wow. The first thing that came to mind was last year, my daughter and my husband planned a surprise birthday party for me. And it was, they totally, they got me. I was totally surprised. I thought my daughter had convinced me to go to Color Me Mine, which is a place where you color pottery. And it's something that we used to do a lot when she was growing up. And so I was there with my girlfriend and we were, we we're painting away and say, Oh, mom, let's go stop at Vitelli's and let's have some dinner. And I said, Oh, what a lovely idea. And I get there, and all my friends and family were there, and all my girlfriends and people who had heard of each other and finally got a chance to. It was wonderful. And that was your 70th, right? Am I correct? Yeah. yeah. That was
1: my 70th. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Uh, all right what's a daily routine or ritual you stick to
2: i i have a very specific kind of schedule a i have to get eight hours of sleep every day i have to hike every day i have to do tai chi and qigong every day and i and then i have to work around that Mm -hmm. (laughs) i probably usually read every night too i've i've for some reason stopped watching tv although i love certain episodes i'm usually during the day work-wise I, I'll have a cop procedural show in the background. So NCIS is playing or, you know, I don't know why I love them. It's it's like, I don't know. I'm a cop procedural nut, you know, <laughs> order. Rizzoli and Isles is now back on. Thank God. I love those two ladies. They're great. You know, I love their personalities anyway.
1: Well, and, and I just want to point out, I mean, all the things you listed are things that women will say if I get to it.
2: And I have to tell you because of the pandemic, I've gotten to know all my neighbors, which I didn't know before. I I mean, I hiked the neighborhood over and over and over again. So every day I I ran into so-and-so and and out in her driveway. And it's really done a lot for my soul. I don't know what it is. I got to know everybody. I know all their secrets.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When your memoir comes out, you'll tell them all. (laughs) And our last question of the Frenzy Five is what fashion trend did you jump on immediately?
2: Never been one to be a fashion trendy person, even as a model even as a model. was t- n- terrible at it. always thought that I had to do the trendy thing, but never felt comfortable doing the trendy thing. I'm pretty much a minimalist in terms of wardrobe and clothing. I like classic lines. I have wardrobe. My, my daughter was wearing some silk blouse of mine the other day, and I said, yeah, that's from Henri Bandel's 1971. <laughs> but it still looks great. It's a beautiful right. silk blouse. It looks fabulous. It's a classic look. I'm a classic person, so I, I like classic classic lines. I don't, I'm not a frilly. I'm not, I'm not, I was saying to somebody the other day about wardrobe. I was like, don't put me near flowers or plaids. You know, I remember they put me in a commercial one time and put on this little floral blouse. And I was like, ah, I can just make a solid blue or just, ah. Anyway, that's just me, <laughs> you know. I hope you
1: don't mind me uh, when the pandemic's over. If I'm in LA again, I'd love to take you to dinner this time.
2: Love you. This- always. I'd love to get
1: to know you better, Jen. Now, Jen Hobby is going to pull you out of your
0: funk with a 60-second pep talk. Let's go. Friends, ladies, nobody is showing up on your front porch today with a box wrapped up in a gold glitter ribbon. And inside of it, an invitation to a happy life. Nobody's doing that today. Nobody. The Amazon delivery driver is not showing up to say, Melissa, today's your day to have a joyful life. Hey, guess what, Donna? Today's your day. You're invited. You have now permission to have a full, joyful life. That's not happening. It is up to you, friends. It is up to you and you already have everything that you need. Your experiences leading up to this day of your life are there for a reason. They are there for a purpose to make you stronger, to make you smarter, to make you tougher, more intuitive, more lovable, and more loving. Everything you've survived in your life has brought you to today. So rather than those things Being able to beat you down. Let's flip the script and they will lift you up. Okay. Shoulders back, boobs out. (laughs) All right. This is going to be. Pick them up. Pick (laughs) them up. (laughs) Here's your mirror mantra for this week My age is my best asset, it's my favorite accessory. Oh, I like that. All right, Melissa, will you say our mirror mantra for this week? All right. Tell me again. My age is my best asset. It's my favorite accessory.
1: My age is my best asset. It's my favorite accessory. I love
0: that. Very nice. Remember, you have been through a lot and you are more than enough. Right now, At this moment of this day that you are hearing this podcast with me and Melissa, you are enough. You're more than enough. And you have everything you need, every resource to have a joyful, full life. Your best days are ahead of you. Your best years are ahead of you. I want you to remember that. My age is my best asset. You've gone through so much. You've survived so much. Heartbreak, triumph, great jobs, terrible ones, you name it, you've survived it. And all those experiences in your life build you to who you are today. Use those as confidence, throw those shoulders back and look in the mirror and say to yourself or say it while you're driving or wherever you are in your mind over and over again. My age is my best asset. It's my favorite accessory. It's like your favorite pair of earrings that just make you feel beautiful. It's that bracelet you look at and you're like, I am fly today. Okay, (laughs) that's your age. It's your best asset. I promise you that. Our pastor said last week, you know, we're watching online church now. There was a line in the sermon that really stood out to me. It said, how you do anything is how you do everything.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: It's like wash over that. So if you think of your age as your best asset, as your favorite accessory, I am 44 soon, almost I'm 44 years old and that's my favorite accessory. So if I go into my life with that today, then how you do anything is how you do everything. Too many women default to other people
1: to how I can't do that I'm too old to learn I don't know what I'm doing yeah no you can you can learn you just have to commit to doing it right and and your age is something that allows you to do it because you are walking encyclopedia as opposed to being young and thinking you can do it then when young people don't have the wealth of wisdom that you have my age is my best asset it's my favorite accessory I love that
0: yeah awesome
1: you don't know my life, thank you to Dennis Hensley, who's one of the co-creators, who is our first sponsor ever on The Frenzy. He is a buddy of mine. We were colleagues on a radio national radio show together. And Jen and I have actually played the online version of this game. So there is a virtual game that you can play with Dennis. It is a board game in which you kind of get to know your friends a little better through questions.
0: This is perfect for Girls' Night. Whether you're doing Girls' Night together or virtual, you got to get this game. I promise you, even if you've been girlfriends since you
1: were in fifth grade, you're still going to learn something you didn't know about them through this game. Jen and I are going to answer one of these questions. So the question for today, Jen, is what's something you're embarrassed to admit that you can eat a whole lot of in one sitting? Chips and salsa.
0: I can finish a bag of (laughs) scoops. I mean, really, I like the ones at the restaurant. Like I get real territorial around that basket. You know, if you go to a Mexican restaurant and they bring you the chips and salsa, <laughs> yes. if that didn't come landing right in front of me. I'm asking for another <laughs> basket. <laughs> yeah, that's my go-to. That's my guilty pleasure is chips and salsa. So you're a salty kind of person. Salty, crunchy, something yeah. about that's so satisfying to me. And I love like fresh salsa. You know what I mean? When you get them, at, it's a restaurant style where mm-hmm. it's not too tomato saucy. It's more thin and mm-hmm. real fresh. Mm. Yes, girl. Give me <laughs> all of it. Something
1: I can eat a whole lot of in one sitting is anything chocolate. But brownies in particular, I have a story oh. about <laughs> brownies. Was it Publix or Kroger? They're not a sponsor, so I, that's why I said both of them. Is one of those because they're the big competitors, right? So one of them at their deli or their bakery, rather, have these fantastic brownies okay they're a little fudgy but not too fudgy and the icing and it's everything chocolate is just wonderful so when I was living with Katie Joe, my baby mama back in the day I was so embarrassed by the fact that I got I mean literally it's like a cake tray of these and I <laughs> ate them all in one <laughs> sitting <laughs> I'm capable I don't have I don't the sugary thing, I don't have that in me that I feel like I'm going to throw up if I eat too much when it comes really, to sugar there's no limit no limit bottomless pit so especially when it's chocolate so I had eaten the whole thing and it's not that Katie ever sh- food shamed me but she was she was amazed at what I could achieve when it came to chocolate <laughs> so I literally put this container in the trash and I pulled out trash put it in the bottom and oh. shoved the trash on top of it yes to hide it mm-hmm. to hide it from the woman I was living with because I I, I ate the whole thing in one setting <laughs>
0: My husband yeah. is just like you. He, it's really hard for him to have any sweets in the house without being, it's like a magnet. It draws him to it. Absolutely. I don't know like- what it is my son bless his heart can't stand chocolate
1: so we're gonna have a good living experience
0: all right you guys have got to go check out you don't know my life game it's available right now on amazon you will love it see it helps you tell great stories we're so excited that you guys are listening to the frenzy and we want you to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so if you are just checking us out for the very first time and you haven't hit that subscribe button yet please do and leaving us a five star review really does help we'll get you in the running for that amazon Echo Dot. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. We'll make your life easier. And all you have to do is subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Melissa, talk about sharing the frenzy with a friend we really feel that
1: we're tapping into something that nobody else is tapping into. We're talking about age in a positive way, a celebratory way, and we do think like Jen's mantra, your age is your best asset. We absolutely believe that and we're growing into that reality for ourselves. So we want you to share this podcast. So the frenzy.com is a great place to go where you can see where you can subscribe to it. We are on all podcast platforms. You can always go to The Frenzy on Instagram. That's our Instagram handle. And then you can always go to Facebook. Same thing, The Frenzy. We have dedicated sites on both places that you can go and share that with your friends. And then just tell
0: them, just talk about it. Tell them to listen to us, subscribe to us. And it may be something where your friends never listened to a podcast before. I know we've got some new listeners that I've been helping walk through, you know, to find the podcast app and where to find, you know, search for The Frenzy and then how to subscribe. So they may need a little help along the way just to get there, but then it will pop up for you every single Monday. So we're releasing one new episode every single week. And if you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to screen grab it and tag us online at The Frenzy if you post on Facebook and on Instagram. Soundtrack produced by Tammy Hurt for Placement Music,
1: written and recorded by Placement Music creative team member Mark Danels. The Frenzy's graphic design is by Helen Vickers and web design by Caden Jacobs.
0: Next week, our featured guest is a superhero to kids all over the planet. Under her leadership, her organization has raised $67 million for their mission. We cannot wait for you to jump into our frenzy chat with Kristen Connor, director of Cure Childhood Cancer. If you are feeling pulled in a new direction in your life, especially when it comes to career, you have got to hear her story. Until next week, trust your gut, use your voice. And stop
1: Stop lying lying about about (laughs) your We'll see you next week.